In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Well, it is always an exciting uh, event in the life of a parish when we have someone getting baptized. It's exciting to see people follow the Lord in obedience. Um, and so we are excited this evening again that Maple is being baptized and uh, excited, I think, because providentially um, the reading tonight includes a baptism, right? The reading from the Acts of the Apostles about uh, the eunuch's baptism. And so we want to think about that, but we also want to think about the journey that Maple begins this evening and, and the way in which we're on that journey ourselves for those of us who are, who are baptized believers. And so um, that's what we're going to do tonight, and I'm going to try to do it economically because of the baptism and other things that we also want to do this evening. And, and um, I noticed in the readings uh, tonight from the, the Acts of the Apostles that it lays out kind of a way that people come to faith. Now, it might not be the way that people come to faith. I don't want to claim that there's a way and only one way that people come to faith, but it lays out um, a way, again, but maybe not the way. So what we have here in the Acts of the Apostles, first of all, is, you know, Philip comes upon uh, this eunuch who's reading the Bible, and he's reading uh, the gospel, or sorry, not the gospel, the, the prophet Isaiah, uh, which is, becomes the gospel for him, but he's reading the prophet Isaiah, and he, he has a sense, he knows that these words of God contain the truth. Right? His, his question that he's wondering is like, who is this? Right? I mean, who is this talking about is what he says. You know, um, how, um, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked him. And so he says, well, how could I unless someone guides me? So he's eager to know what the text is referring to. And because he senses, I imagine, that these words of the prophet Isaiah contain truth. And so someone who knows that truth then arrives to share that truth, to explain that truth, to make that text explicit for him. And in this text, that happens to be Philip. So Philip shows up, and Philip knows the truth, so he shares that truth with this eunuch, right? Um, and we're told in verse 35 that what Philip is doing as he shares the truth of what this scripture is teaching is that he's sharing the good news about Jesus, right? Philip doesn't just necessarily say, oh, well, this is this old law passage, right? This is a prophet of Israel. There's this new thing going on. I'll get to that in a minute. But there's this old thing, and this guy was a prophet, but there's this new guy named Jesus, and let me tell you about him. Instead, what Philip does is take that text from Isaiah and does what a responsible interpreter will do in light of Christ. He shows how that text is Christological, and, and, and the, the writer, the Acts, the Apostles, if that's Luke, tells us that that becomes the good news. He's sharing the good news. He's sharing the gospel with the eunuch. So Isaiah speaks these words of truth. Philip shows up to explain what these words are talking about to the eunuch, and the eunuch responds to that. This good news leads to faith and baptism because the eunuch says, well, what prevents me from getting baptized right now? Philip has a great answer. Nothing, in fact. And <laughs> there's some water over here. We can take care of that right now, right? So that understanding of Isaiah, that good news preached and explained by Philip, leads to the faith of the eunuch, 
and leads to his baptism. And that's what happens in a tradition like ours where we baptize children. Now, we also baptize infants that don't understand, right, the scriptures, right? But, but Maple is responding to the scriptures. Maple is responding to the good news that she's heard out of the word of God, maybe perhaps through the mouth of her parents, through friends, through books, through the Bible itself. The first thing she said to me tonight after giving me a hug was, I got a Bible all my own. You know, and that's right. When you get baptized, you get a Bible all your own. That's what it's about, you know. And so that, you know, she's responding to the words and her parents and others have helped to explain to her and to reinforce that good news. And so Maple responds tonight in faith and baptism. So, again, that might not be the way that people come to faith. And I would certainly say it's not. But it is a way that people come to faith. And it's shown for us tonight. This order of salvation is given to us tonight. But then when you couple these readings together and think about our collect tonight, this is not just about how are you saved. This is more of about how do you know that you're saved and what does your life look like after you're saved. And in part of what we're going to do tonight as a congregation, right, so, so Mari and Dave are going to make vows. They're going to make promises to God tonight about how they're going to raise their daughter in the faith. But we are going to make a promise too as a congregation. We are making a promise that we will do all in our power to help Maple grow up in Christ, to grow up to be a strong woman of faith, to grow up to serve, maybe if not in this church community, in the church of Jesus Christ, in a local community somewhere, perhaps, Lord willing, even this one, right? And so we're going to make this promise. So even at her baptism, we are thinking about Maple's future. And then, of course, at baptism, which is a favorite part for the kids, when we are sprinkled with the now-blessed baptismal waters to remind us of our own baptism, yes, we're hearkening back to our baptism because we are people on the way. We're more downstream, no pun intended, from our baptism than Maple will be tonight, but we think about our baptism in order to think about how to live our life now as baptized believers. Right? And so the passage from 1 John and John tonight really enforced this element. And so we want to think about Maple coming to faith. We want to think about the ways that people hear the good news of Jesus Christ and come to faith. But then we want to think of the ways in which it's not just about coming to faith, but it's about growing in your faith. It's about becoming holy people. It's about the rest of us and the journey that we're on and the journey that Maple sets out on this evening in particular. And so we see from the Gospel of John that this is a question of bearing fruit. And it's a simple question. Do we or don't we? That's the question the Bible always asks. It doesn't give you many options. Right? It's a yes or no. It's a true or false kind of test. You're either bearing fruit or you're not bearing fruit. So that's the question tonight. Are we or aren't we? And it's a question that we'll ask Maple over the years as a parish and that her parents will ask her. My prayer for her is that one day she comes to a point where she wants to be confirmed and we're going to ask her, are you bearing fruit? Is this, is this your fruit, Maple? Do you want to be confirmed because of the fruit that God is doing in your life? And so as we think about our lives, are we bearing fruit or aren't we? That's the question. And so we learn several things tonight from these readings. First, love is from God. Matter of fact, God is love. Right? Because he is love, love comes from God. 
from the source of love, love himself, love flows from God. And then not only is love from God, but whoever loves shows that they are born from and know God. Because God is love and because love comes from him, if we love becomes a demonstration of whether or not we are bearing fruit, of whether or not we have been born from and know God. John is very axiomatic. Again, it's this or that. What is it? Right? In other words, if God is love and love flows from him, when you love, that is evidence that you know God and are born from him. But if you don't love, that's evidence to the contrary. So you want to know if you know God and are born from God? Ask yourself the question, do I love? And maybe not just do I love, but how do I love? And so if we don't love, then we do not know God, John says. And again, this ties into last week's sermon, right? Not that we just love in words, but that we love in word and deed. Right? So it's not enough to say, yes, I love, just don't bother me about it. (laughs) Right? Or, yes, I love, but don't ask me to do anything out of that love. Right? Love shows itself in action. And, and last week we were told it has to show itself in action in 1 John. And so as we think about that, as we revisit this week when we're told, like, look, if you love, that's evidence that you know God and are from him. If you don't, that's evidence to the contrary. So do you love or don't you love? Do you abide or do you not abide? If you say yes, then if John were here, he would say, how do you love? Because you can't love in just word. You have to love indeed. And he shows this. When he says that God loves us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Sent his son. Right? We talked a little bit about this last week. God didn't just say, I love you, but I have no plans really to do anything for you in your sinful state. But trust me, I love you a lot. Right? That is not what God says. God says, I love you. Now let me do something for you. Let me do the the thing that you need so desperately. Let me send my son to be the propitiation for your sins, to die in your place, to atone for your sins, to be the atoning sacrifice for you. A commentator I read this week says this, As God's love is no abstraction, but consists in the giving up of his son, so the believer's love is not merely an emotion or attitude, but consists of meaningful deeds. Your love of God cannot just simply be an emotion or an attitude, but it must consist of meaningful deeds. Why? Because God set the example, right? We play this on God's terms, right? So we have to, if we love God, to show it in our deeds. It has to be a love of action. It can't just be an emotion or an attitude, It has to be evidence. And because God loves us, we love others. And this evidence, and this becomes evidence that God abides in us. Right? So in 1 John, he goes from talking about love to talking about what it means to abide in God. And I'm thinking that that abiding language is really about what it means to be a Christian. It's what it means to be saved, if you will. Right? That that if we love God, right, or because God loves us, we love others, and then we evidence that, Showing that God abides in us, that we are, in fact, people of faith. 
I mean, on top of that, he says we get the gift of the Holy Spirit, but, and I think it's the Holy Spirit who helps us do this kind of loving, but as we love, it's demonstration that we abide in Christ. I do not and have not, fortunately, necessarily in my life, gone through deep periods of doubt about my faith or the faith. I've had deep periods about my doubt about the church, right, and, and its decisions and what it's doing, right? And I don't mean this parish, the church. <laughs> I kept, I spent a lot of time reminding myself that the gates of hell could not prevail against it. So how, how, how messed up can humans do it, right? So, I mean, but that's not the point. The point is, is like, even if we don't have deep moments of personal faith crises or about ourselves or the faith in general, the point is, is that even when I'm even if I'm having those, if I'm loving, it becomes evidence of God's love for me, and it actually becomes evidence of my love. And if love comes from God, as John says, it actually becomes evidence of your salvation and your faith. But again, the lack of it demonstrates the opposite, that you're not a person of faith. So God's abiding in us, and our abiding in God in love leads us to confess that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what John says, right? So John says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God's abided in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him, right? So we love, and it's demonstration of our abiding in God, and that he abides in us, and then we can't help but then confess that truth, that Jesus is the Son of God. And it brings it all back around full circle, does it not? We become the Phillips, right? We become the people sharing the good news because we know that we benefit from that good news. We become the Phillips knowing that the appropriate response to the, to the Son is belief and confession, right? Philip wasn't just sent to the eunuch to bring him to faith. No, in fact, Philip does that, and then he finds himself completely in a different place. I, I, I still to this day don't know how to get my head around that. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what in the world Philip must have thought. I, like thinking, well, what, what? <laughs> you know, what just happened? And I, don't, I really don't know what to make of that, that miracle that God performs, right? But the point is, is, Philip is taken away, and he goes to Azotus, right? And then he goes, okay, well, I guess I'm here, so what does he do? Well, he passed through there, and he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea, right? He seems a little nonplus, like, ah, okay, I'm here now. I guess I'll just preach the gospel here, right? I mean, he seizes that opportunity to just keep being a good evangelist, to keep talking about the good news. And so again, let's back up and think with Maple this evening as she gets baptized, as she makes this step in obedience to Jesus, which is what it is for her. She's going to answer those questions tonight for herself. Right? And so as she follows Jesus in faith, and as we think about that, and then as we are reminded of our own baptism as people of faith, we need to ask ourselves, am I or aren't I? Am I loving or am I not loving? Because that's the evidence of my faith. And again, if we're going to take John seriously, John says, if you're not, then you're not a person of faith. Now, if you, if you aren't, 
If you don't love and you think, oh my goodness, maybe I'm not a person of faith, let's talk about that. Let me be your fellow, though I hope I don't end up somewhere else. <laughs> right? I got exams tomorrow that I got to go to. Right? You know, I guess I could preach my way back to La Mirada. But the, the point is, is like, we have to ask ourselves, do we or don't we? Are we loving or are we not loving? Am I abiding in God? Is God abiding in me? Do we or don't we bear fruit? Now, it might be tempting to think John is being too simplistic. John is being overly superficial about the nuance and difficulties of the faith. You know what I say to that? No. Keep it simple, stupid. Right? I mean, I think John is saying, like, you know what fallen human beings like to do? Think too much. That's what they like to do. I get paid to do it, so some of us have figured out how to capitalize off of it. But I think here in this moment, John is not being overly simplistic. He's presenting us with the simplest choice, the simplest way of thinking about our life of faith. And that is, are we loving or are we not loving? Are we bearing fruit or are we not? And so tonight, as we think about that for ourselves in light of the gospel, as we think about that with Maple, she is saying yes to that question tonight. And I hope we are saying yes too. And as we witness her baptism and as we're reminded about our own baptism, may we go out tonight excited about what God is not only doing in Maple's life, but what God has done for us. And if we're not loving, we need to love. And again, not just with an attitude, not just emotionally, not just in thought, but in deed. However, and with whomever that looks like. And as we come and live into the fullness of that reality, we become people who share the good news. We become the fill-ups to all the units of the world. And again, that's our prayer tonight for Maple, but also our prayer for ourselves. I want to close with a quick story. Abby walked into the church tonight, saw that it had been set up for baptism, and screamed in excitement. I love baptisms! I love baptisms! That is the kind of spirit we need to have when people come and present themselves to be baptized. But that's also the spirit we need to have about our own life of faith, is it not? So let us be encouraged this evening when we witness Maple's baptism. Maybe be encouraged with our own reminder of our own baptism. But mostly may we leave here changed, as always, by the truth of the gospel and the power of God's grace. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.